0: Welcome to the Voyage ATL podcast, where we interview and feature the brightest and most inspiring entrepreneurs, artists, and creatives from in and around the Atlanta area. Our host, Kadam, is hosting a panel with a few of our content partners. Content partners help Voyage in so many ways, from sponsoring our mission, spreading the word about the work that we do, and collaborating with us on content like this. And so with no further ado, here's Kadam. Welcome, everybody, to another great episode for Voyage Atlanta. I get to be your host, Kevin Mullick. I got a nice table here today with me that I get to break bread with. It's those individuals that I get to be so in awe of because they get to do something that my brain can't figure out till this day. How I can put a couple of tunes together. How can I put a certain rhythm together? I mean, let me on it. be honest. I can dance, but I can't go ahead and play the music that these individuals play. So let me learn a little bit more about the music business and let me have them introduce you to you themselves. Jason, kick us off a little bit. Tell me a little bit about yourself, what it is that you do and where you're at.
1: Hey everyone. I'm Jason Lee Bruns. Uh, I'm a record producer, a band leader and a world percussionist. I have, uh, my own boutique record label. We have over, let's let's see here. We have 11 albums out right now Two made it on the top 10 jazz charts worldwide with, uh, Some of the tracks being uh, heavily played on over 300 radio stations, um, including my local one here in LA, K-Jazz, which is a big deal for us out here. And then as a percussionist, I've traveled the world studying ethno-percussion at all of the major places, Africa, Brazil, the Caribbean, South America and um as a band leader i have a nine piece band we've toured japan a couple times and played some pretty major festivals including the jazz at lacma here in la which is one of the longest standing live music series it's been around for over 30 years and they bring in uh yeah. audience of around 3000 people and uh anyway so yeah music producer drummer and a boutique record label owner. Um, You can find me at Bruns Beats. Bruns is my last name, B-R-U-N-S. Beats is like drum beats, not beats the vegetable, but beats the rhythm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know he said that a few
2: times.
0: (laughs) How you doing,
3: Sean? Talk to me. Yeah, um, my name's Sean. Um, What I do, my two main things, is I DJ and I produce uh, dance music, And I teach and train Kung Fu and Qigong. And I am the owner of a company, my brand called Limitless, which um, the goal of Limitless is to help a billion people to live their truth uh, by embodying unknown aspects of themselves and by uh, self-discovering the unknown and unknown parts of themselves and, uh, before I forget, if you want to find me on, uh, online or everything, um, the best place to get at me and like, well, you'll get all my link is on my Instagram, um, at under un- it's at it's I T S underscore SBA. So at I T S underscore SBA on my Instagram and, uh, over there you'll find my music my training, just how I go about my philosophy about life and everything. And uh, yeah, so these uh, past three years, I've been um, traveling around the world. I went on this huge journey of just like self-reflection. And uh, the past year I was uh, training Kung Fu at a dojo in the mountains and wow yeah yeah <laughs> so basically like so basically like how you picture it in a movie like eating breathing sleeping kung fu so yeah that's what i was doing for seven months all while at the same time like just being immersed in music discovering other things about music so yeah so it, for seven months i was there and then the rest of my time i was djing and producing and I DJed all over Thailand. I've DJed all over the world. Also, I've DJed um, in Ibiza. I've DJed in Atlanta. I've DJed uh, in Canada, in Montreal, in my hometown. Sure. And uh, yeah, I have a few, few records, few records that, that are signed to, le- to labels and. Uh, yeah, I continue. I continue to to self discover myself, and like one of my goals now is to really like blend in martial arts with music. Find a few ways to do it, and like yeah, just make music with that, so like help healing music. So like when people dance, like I heal people at the same time. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thanks for that. And by the way, Sean, appreciate you being here. Elliot, how you doing?
2: Yeah, sir. Doing good. Doing good. Uh, my name is Elliot Holden. I'm known as the, I call myself the urban guitar legend. It's my moniker and that's where you can find me on the internet. Uh, I produce and I play guitar, instrumental music. It's kind of like cinematic urban kind of music. Uh, it's got guitars, guitars and uh, different rhythms of uh, some hip hop beats, some jazz and blues type guitar stuff so you can find it and on youtube and instagram and all the other social medias as uh elliot holden our urban guitar legend
0: all right fellas well this is great i appreciate all that you got to do if you can do me a favor you guys uh raise your right hand for me okay when you put it up and put it on on your left shoulder real quick and just go ahead and wipe some dirt off a little bit because god dang it this is a full flex here i love it i love having <laughs> you guys here man this is gonna All be right. fun tell me how do you think the evolution of the music business has been in the recent years and how has it affected the way you approach your songwriting process
1: uh, that's a really good question um to be honest uh I don't really the evolution is happening
0: so quickly
1: i don't think i don't really know if anyone exactly has it figured out (laughs) but uh (laughs) you know as but as far as like for me as a producer uh it used to be more expensive to make something now uh the it's you can make a pretty high quality recording with a high production value with less money you don't need to go to a big expensive studio a lot of the stuff can be achieved with software you don't even need to necessarily print a cd like actual manufacturing cost or vinyl even though vinyls made a comeback and uh actually i'm a i forgot to mention earlier i've been a voting member of the grammys for uh, about eight years now and you used to have to have whatever you're submitting for consideration It would have Mm -hmm. to be manufactured on a cd which was like a barrier to entry that means you would have to have a budget for a graphic designer and printing you know like a thousand cds so you could send just one of them to the grammys and they could see okay there's a barcode there's liner notes this looks legit so uh a few years ago they got rid of that requirement so now if it's on any streaming platform you could Uh, submit your song for a grammy consideration so that's just another example of how it's less expensive to get in the game so i think uh to answer the question how is how has it changed the main way that i see it changing is that it's easier for more people for more creatives to be involved you don't need a major record label you don't need big funding you don't have all of these gatekeepers anymore it's really the the main limitation is your ideas
3: and who you collaborate with. Yeah, and to 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 piggyback on that is to to make it since it's so easy to like make uh, music nowadays. I feel now it's very important for the artist to be very creative to to make to set himself apart uh, from the rest of the crowd, especially like because you'll. You know, see people that'll get in there for probably not the artistic reason but more so for a quick come up or something like Mm. just for that attention so like now it's like i feel it's really relevant uh, for the artist especially if you want some longevity and like you really want to create something that's going to last to set yourself apart to really make sure you're creative and your music is really on point and sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. And that's really unique to you. Mm, Yeah.
1: That's, that's sort of the other side of the coin, right? Because the barrier to entry is lower now and more people can get involved. There's more noise out there. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, that's, the good thing is more people can get involved but the bad thing is more people can get involved who maybe don't have any business trying to make a single you know just they have the software and the laptop and so yeah i I agree with what you're saying sean uh you do need to be more creative than before and, and maybe that's you know because there's more noise to cut cut through you know there's more people out there doing it where Mm -hmm. when you used to have the gatekeepers of the major record labels to, to get in the game, you know, there would be less, almost less competition if you make it through that gatekeeper. But now like pretty much anyone that has a laptop. Yeah. And I, and I feel like they can make music.
3: Yeah. I I feel like back in the days also, they're like, they would, they would train you a certain way. Like even before you would release music, like they would train you a certain way to now it's like you have zero training on like, you're just putting something out there hoping it it, it sticks. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Jump on in. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say like Jason said, <clears throat> you can make music a lot. Well first I I'm going to say it really hasn't affected my writing process per se, but then I had to think about it. I guess technology has because you can mm-hmm. you can um you you can make you don't have to go in a studio. And also, you know, for rhythm tracks and things there's websites like splice and stuff you can go to that i use and stuff to even get song ideas started you know they're not uh, it's not you don't have to pay any royalties you just pay a monthly fee Mm-hmm. And then whatever samples and stuff you use it's royalty free, so you can you can use that for inspiration. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get started or to you know wh- whatever you need to craft something. So technology is is definitely made it uh, more accessible.
0: Yeah, is there anything that you guys have had to like maybe adapt to in the now changing industry? You know, like because it's it's constantly evolving like, as we've been touching base about but are there any techniques that you've had to personally adopt to stay more relevant in today's landscape yeah
2: everything well the first of all the internet's a visual medium like even this podcast which is a vocal podcast not a video podcast the internet is so visual from instagram to youtube um it's the audio is kind of irrelevant it's not irrelevant it's a lost leader i mean it's used to get To sell other things, of course, we want to sell the music if you're a musician, but you have to flip it around and you have to learn visuals and do visuals, you know, to keep people listening. Their eyes have to be engaged as well. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, Right. You know, that's where we are today, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Talk talk about that. Mm. Well, I was going to jump in. Uh, I think, yeah, it's definitely the packaging has become more important for music, like you know the cover art like every single pretty much it gets released now has a a compelling video just the whole aesthetics the visual aesthetics it it's it can almost like make a, a song a hit even if the song on its own isn't that great like if you're packaging the visuals are really spot on which to me it's like a more of an old school musician i'm a, like my training is a, i'm a jazz drummer you know like i want to hear the acoustic stuff i don't want to hear a loop or a sample like i want to hear the old jazz records like i don't care what the musicians look like you know i want to hear how they sound but you know it's right. not like that it's not like that and you know so yeah i'm i'm agreeing with uh elliot here about the visual aspect and that is something i've had to adapt to and you know i'm a 43 year old man here i'm like i don't know if people necessarily want to to see me on a single (laughs) so you know i've even thought of you know creative ideas where maybe i'm more of the behind the scenes producer and i get you know a a singer that is more uh should we say marketable and and just kind of like be the behind the scenes like brains making it all happen with the songwriting and the lyrics and the production value and also uh another thing as far as like the change like adapting to change is just the actual quality of the sound like you listen to like some of the classic records from motown era or you know even like stuff like journey or something like one of the greatest singers ever like they're not singing perfectly in tune and that was oh, right. acceptable okay. now mm. you have singers who like even if they're a great singer they're going to do for our non-music listeners here it's called auto-tune where they tune their voice to be perfectly in tune mm-hmm. which is not human so like my last record is you know it's i call it uh retro soul you know like a modern version of soul music is our genre and the mix engineer I hired he's like hey we got to tune these vocals I'm like they sound great he's like yeah but they're not perfect I, I was <laughs> like well they would be a- absolutely acceptable uh in any other decade like our singer is incredible like nothing sounds quote out of tune but the aesthetic that the listener has they don't even realize it when you like the current like today's like youth who are consuming music they have this aesthetic for a perfectly in-tune vocal even though they don't realize it it's it's like so processed it's like processed food it's like the perfect potato chip when you know maybe i want the handmade tortilla i don't want the Nabisco tortilla (laughs) you know what i mean so those are my two two cents there you know the visual thing yeah super important and then just the sound quality has become dehumanized so i've had to adapt to that and kind of like Compromise like okay, I'll auto tune some of the vocals, but I still want my singer to, to sound like them, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah I, feel would,
2: you. yeah, I would, uh, do, you know, auto tune just to make a distinction, there is a difference between auto tune and pitch correction, right? I mean, like so melody so and stuff, right? So, auto tuning again for people that may not be as technical, they've heard it on different songs, T Pain, whatever, and it sounds like the pitches are jumping perfectly and it, it creates an effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's an effect. Yeah. Like um, the
1: share share was the first one to really popularize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She made a comeback.
2: Yeah. But I would just say to, 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 to tune a vocal, you, you know, a, a good engineer, uh, a lot of good ones can tune a vocal to where it's, you don't hear that effect. So mm-hmm. you don't, they are in essence. Yes. They're making the vocal more perfect, um, or better, or, if you will, or in tune. But it's not, uh, in my opinion, sometimes it doesn't degrade the quality of a classic sound or whatever, you know, but some people don't like their stuff touched at all. And they're like, just don't touch it, you know, but the That's flip me. side, is, you're right. <laughs> but the, the, the flip side is, would you know if something was pitch corrected or not? I guess you probably would or could, you know, somebody's ears. Um, but the thing is, is guitar players, any other instrument, you know, we all tune to 440, you know, and why do we even do that? if it If it's not that important, we do it because it's more pleasant to the ear. Now, when it comes to a vocal, I, I completely agree we've lived with it for years, but that's also because people don't a vocalist doesn't have a tuner. They can't tune up their voice. <laughs> they have that's to right. like they have to do it or not do it yeah. right. If they right, could right. tune up their voice <laughs> forty years ago, I suspect that some of them probably would or they <laughs> were probably sing as in tune as key as they could. But, so, you know, again, some of your great, like you say, some of your great music, I mean, you deal with what you had. Yeah. It still was good because it the, the mood of the music provided the feeling. So whether it was perfectly tuned or not perfectly tuned, the spirit of the song, you know,
3: it works. It so, was um, it was uh, yeah. it was um, like especially like amongst friends, like my producer friends, it says like this beauty in the imperfection of the music compared to now, it's like, even like, for example, it's like the school I went to, to make music. Um, it's like they teach, like, once you produce, like, not everything has to be on bar, like not every drum has to, to be on like the fourth or sixth bar, like it can be some variations to the point where like, it's unnatural, but it's going to make the music sound unique. It's going to make the music sound like different, which is like what you want. You don't want the same thing and for me it's like when we say adapting i think part of adapting for me is the technology of music because especially with now i kind of see with like where it's going with like ai and everything and how like we were talking about creatively music where it needs to be and just like how we Although it's easily accessible and now it's going to be even more accessible with AI, it's like still keeping the essence of what makes music music and like really just like make sure if you enter that space that you take the time to really make something that's creative and not just like something that's just botched and that has the, like you have no respect for you just like make it to do it basically.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in today's world where like you were just speaking towards some level of technology let's dive a little bit further into that where there's so many different platforms that are out there digital platforms that influence the way you probably promote your music can you probably elaborate a little bit more and how you're connecting with your audience on those different streaming platforms and what are some suggested advice in order to navigate them
3: for me for me the main platform that I you that I'm using is Instagram and I feel is I can connect more on like, cause I'm a very creative person. So it's like, I can connect more with like, just doing simple things, creative art, taking pictures, and then using that, I then um, follow that up to make like different levels of my artistry. So then I'll take them that behind the scenes, for example, um, on my patreon for example i'll show them that's where i'll make my music that's where i'll show them my production that's where i'll have unreleased music you can comment on it you can feedback on it maybe i'll take that feedback into account so that way i make your feedback goes into my music and your feedback goes into my next production type of, type of awesome. one. yeah um hmm. and yeah so mainly that youtube um i i'll use to like just tell stories and everything. So it's like, for me, the different platforms, especially I studied in like uh, digital and social media marketing. So I kind of know the different avenues and what they're best for. So like, although it's ever evolving, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, I, I, it's, trying to keep like just the little tabs not too much but just like enough so it's like i have a good ecosystem of like what i'm trying to do and everything connects to each other yeah.
0: okay you got yeah. a story you're going to put it out there and you're going to chop it up into different platforms i would imagine and repurpose. <laughs> yeah it. basically yeah i got you
2: i got you I, yeah i agree i think you gotta um also you know there's YouTube, there's Instagram, there's Spotify, there's a lot of different platforms, right? And they, they all do different things. Sometimes you got to be an expert to work all of them. But one, one thing is common between all of them, I think is that you're going to yes. have to promote it on those platforms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just put it out there is the equivalent to putting a record on a shelf in 1985 and just letting it sit there. I mean, oh. people took out big billboard ads. People tried to get you on MTV. I mean, you know, every now and then somebody would come across and, you know, something would just take off for some weird reason. But for the most part, it required promotions. And out of all those promotions of uh, record labels uh, on their roster, probably only three per- three to 5% did anything. The other 95% all lost money. And that's the reality of life. Okay. So um I think taking advantage of some of these platforms, their uh, their promotional things that you pay for, like Google AdWords, you know, you can Run ads uh, through YouTube. You know, you can also boost your posts on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, okay. It's, deb- it's debatable about, you know, what, what it can actually do, but, um, but you're going to have to put some money behind it. So I guess what I'm trying mm. to say is you're going to need some money. You're going <laughs> to need, need some money. Yeah. So anybody that's listening to this, at least they can have one good takeaway: is I'm I'm gonna need to generate revenue doing something, or somehow I'm I'm gonna have to have more of a business mind and invest some stuff into this. So start thinking about that. Besides all this other stuff, I appreciate yeah, I think that. I, I yeah, think it's actually, I, sorry, go ahead, Sean.
3: Sorry. I was gonna say quickly. I was just think I think it's actually good also for like the artists of these days to have that mindset already. So it makes you build something that's going to last and like you won't have to like depend on like the big brands the big labels and all that stuff so yeah just wanted to
0: yeah it kind of goes back to what jason was saying earlier how there's a a lot less barrier of entry yeah there's still a lot more work to be done at the Mm -hmm. same time yeah yeah um
1: i think the you know the social media and everything it is definitely all important i agree with everyone and the way i think about it is i rank them and priority according to people's attention span. So what social media platform requires the least amount of attention span, that should be where you put your first uh hook in the water. So I would think that's TikTok. So something on TikTok and then from there maybe you grab their attention with that 10-second clip of whatever and they're like, "Oh, I liked how that beat sounds or oh, that looks cool or hmm what is that?" And then maybe that leads them kind of like uh funnel into like a a broader level which will take a little more attention maybe to instagram and then maybe from your instagram they're watching a reel or something like oh that's a cool one minute video and then from there you have a little link that says see more videos on your youtube channel and then there you have the four minute behind the scenes uh q a with the artist at the at the session where they were cutting vocals or something so that's just like something that i've Realizes people's attention span is very small. So start at your great, at like the, what do they say, like the largest denominator or the most common denominator. So, mm-hmm. you know, and so yeah, I would just think, cause I used to be, you know, okay, let's make a really nice video, a five camera shoot. We're going to put $2,000 in this thing. And, and, you know, I've done these and, you know, they look great and we put a lot of time and no one's going to watch it. I would get more leverage out of that two grand making, you know, 20, 30 second things, uh, little clips for uh, TikTok than I would out of that four minute beautiful documentary style, the making of this record. Like no one's going to see that. So I think just start with small pieces of bait on a at platforms that require the least amount of attention, and then uh, reel people in with that. You know, have like thirty hooks in the water that don't cost you that much, and then slowly work your way up to the big shark. Yeah, uh, yeah, it yeah, does take money too,
3: because you're trying to you're trying to have them to to commit. Because there's so much things now. that's like people want to get like they're trying. The, the game right now is to get people's attention. So it's like, like you said, I totally agree with like, and I'll probably start implementing that. It's like, just get someone else's attention and then you get the, the from the smallest point and then you get bigger and bigger and bigger because you get a bigger commitment. And that's when, that, that's when like you build your audience with those kind of people after you vetted them through that whole process. So yeah, I to- totally agree with you, uh, Jason.
2: Now, yep. I have a, I have a question for you too, Jason. Um, I'll probably have to continue it a little bit after the Probably not going to have enough time on this podcast, but I, it's, it's about your marketing. Um, so, uh, you've done music videos that you have on YouTube. I looked at some of your stuff. That's how I knew about the Andy Garcia stuff. So I was, but you, you have some music videos you spent some resources doing and put it on YouTube. Yes. Okay. And th- some of those videos that like, I'm, I'm asking, did you, did you ever use uh, YouTube marketing to run like any kind of pre-rolls or or, or do any whatever you call in search, anything like that? Do you have any experience doing that?
1: I have not because at the time those videos were cut, mm-hmm. I was less savvy into this world. But now my strategy going forward is more of what I've been mentioning is just smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. And then instead of putting my so much money in the actual production of the video, I do what you're saying. Mm-hmm. and i do target ads i mm-hmm. i do target ads on instagram and facebook all the time and i actually yeah. just finished uh sending my tax guy <laughs> my information i i know they were doing april but i had an extension <laughs> obviously and uh you know i'm looking at my expense categories in my business and i'm like wow like i i'm spending like way more on advertising now than I've ever done. And I was like, well, this really added up, you know, and I probably about five grand, which for like a major company is nothing. That's like a drop in the bucket. But, you know, for an independent label like me to spend five grand in one year on target marketing, a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there, 200 there, it added up. And like you said, you just, you can't just put the record on the shelf. Like today's equivalent of a billboard ad is target marketing. So that's a double-edged sword more people can get in the game but you know you got to you got to have your marketing together if you don't know how to do that like start to put your team together find someone that does know how to do it maybe you're just making the beats and dropping the bars you know and or mixing or you know doing production and have have someone else Your friend, you know, cut them in on it maybe. Say, hey, you know, I'm not good at this. Or maybe you don't want to do it. You don't like it. And be like, yo, you know, we get a, if this gets some traction, you know, I'll cut you in on the back end. I mean, I don't know. I think people need to build teams. Major record labels have teams. I don't see any reason why we can't start to build teams as independent artists. We don't think as much in a team mindset anymore because we can do so much ourselves, But Mm. We could still build a team, just even though we don't have to, we could still build a team. I know I'm kind of getting off topic here, but I just hearing everyone speak, I'm thinking, you know, there are a lot of moving parts here. And it is a lot for one person. You're supposed to make a great song and have great visuals and do the marketing
0: all by yourself. It's like, what the heck, man? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jason, don't worry. Just consider just consider it like jazz here right everyone plays their own beats so we
3: got you still in
0: rhythm
2: well every, <laughs> every oh yeah.
3: I, I would say also it's like don't let that even if it's like build a team it's like until you find that team don't let that stop you from like like getting the knowledge to like do the ads It's like i don't have a team i've been doing it like i learned about uh doing facebook ads google ads and like learning the business manager on on meta it's like it'll take time but if you're committed to it it's like it's work but it's like it's worth it in the end because after that you know how to do your own marketing and just like target your own audience and like bring people to your music
0: yeah Yeah. amen absolutely that reminds me like if you got a question i am always thinking. if you got a question Mm -hmm. there's a youtube channel for it Oh yeah. yeah. DIY baby. It's a DIY world. Yeah. So
2: what, I was thinking, uh,
1: you know, it? yeah, do it yourself before you have a team because and then you know when you start to put a team together, you'll understand all the different components. You'll be a better exactly. leader that way. You'll be exactly. you'll know, like, oh, I used to do that myself before we got big. So yeah. you'll have a more respect for each role. You'll know how to you'll know the language, the jargon for yeah. each of and you'll be able to connect with your team members in a more respectful way and be more efficient leader and you know you look at like business models like the fast food industry i worked at mcdonald's when i was 14 years old you know like you get trained on every single component you know and then if you want to be a manager there like you have to do your two months on the fry station that way the manager has that leadership knowledge of all the different components that makes it work so
0: Mm. Yeah, you know, it builds a boundary of expectations, what you're saying, Jason. when yeah, You have exactly. the ownership and you have that, uh, you know, uh, that, I guess, uh, time shared in those areas. Right. It, it, you can empathize and sympathize with anybody. Let me ask you guys, can you share any specific challenges you faced when building your uh, music business and how did you overcome them?
2: Um, I just want to say one thing before I answer that, because I know we're on a limited time. So, I, I, you know, I. Um, about what Jason was saying about team and Sean was saying about team and this, the reason I was asking you, uh, Jason, had you done any YouTube, did you have any experience with YouTube market? Because, you know, I really, I want to pick your brain, you know, because I do a fair amount of YouTube marketing, you know what I'm saying? And um, I do a fair amount of failing at it, you know what I mean? And I mm. I, I have a bunch of questions, you know, and I. Um, I'm still trying to crack it or whatever. And a lot of what you said about TikTok, I'm taking note of mental notes of that because somebody else has been telling me about TikTok and I just started TikTok. But um I guess t- to say it all is what I'm trying to say is um I'm definitely gonna be hitting you up. Um, I know you're not technically on my team per se, but I'm saying you are independent record label person and so are you Sean or whatever. And I think that's critical because like where I I know a lot of ins and out about Google AdWords, even though I haven't been really successful at it, I have things I can share. You might have some info about TikTok, like, Hey, Elliot, you're, maybe this is too long, you know, this thing, you know, or whatever, just anything, because if you've had success with anything, I want to hear about it. So I'm up. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm already going to be hitting you up. Like <laughs> That's this is over. I, 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 I love. I
0: love. I love the compliment, Elliot. That's a great way to really give credit to our beautiful guests that are here. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still running this podcast, Elliot. All right. So I got a, a few more questions. I got to get them. I understand. I, oh, I, I know.
2: I I, I, I. I. totally understand. I, I just. I was just trying to pivot on a point, just to show that I everybody has I something to offer. You know.
3: Absolutely. Um, you 100 right though, Elliot. Though. Yeah. We'll we'll hit, in, hit, we'll we'll hit, hit me up. Hit me up. We'll link up for sure after, man. This this is what it's about, man. This is what it's about.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We you know we always want to promote organic uh, connections. This is beautiful. This is what this whole podcast is about. We love it. <laughs> now back to my original question, Elliot. <laughs> Share some You're specific challenges that you faced when building your music business, and how did you overcome them?
1: Well, uh, radio silence. <laughs> There's so
2: many. I mean, I yeah. mean, you know, there's some, you some, you, some you overcome some, you're still just kind of working on it, trying Slut. to figure it out. I mean, the, the, <laughs> you know, the end of the day education, you know, you got to educate yourself about everything as Jason just said it, you know, I, I'm into the internet because I need it. I needed a website. So that's how I got into it stuff is needing a that's website it. for my music. So that's, that's how you overcome with me with anything is just uh, education I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with that, but uh, I'll let somebody else. So many.
3: It's uh, (laughs) wow. Um, Like for me, I feel like so much, so much of like music and like, can you repeat the question? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, focusing
0: on specific challenges that you had faced in building your music business. And maybe how did you
3: overcome them? The beginning for me is I was trying so hard to like catch a wave instead of just like doing me. And it's like, I feel like when you grow older, it's like you, you kind of, and you understand more about yourself. It's like now you really create your movement. So it's like, it, it makes a difference. Like, so for me, so I feel like for me in the early days of me making music, I was trying to copy what was hot. Not necessarily what was hot, but like more... Of what i was familiar with and like just like to trying to catch that wave and like now that i'm like doing music now and like really making it a point to really be unique about my music that's where it's like i'm seeing the the different people it brings the different connections it makes the more the more i'm in tune with myself so yeah so i feel like now it's like the the, the early the earlier parts was more so yeah like i said like more so trying to figure it out till now It's still some figuring out but i'm more experienced
1: yeah gotcha. i'll jump in here so uh yeah i agree sean with what you're saying there just doing your own thing because if you're always just trying to as you say catch catch whatever the wave is uh you you'll just be doing that trying to catch something uh and it's kind of like a losing battle uh so you might as well just do do you you know because that's the most unique thing that we have to offer anyway as artists yeah and i know the, and then i think you know from as far as like non-artistic challenges uh for me personally has been to just keep going i've been yeah. doing this since i was 11 years old like i literally yeah. lied about my age to get a paper out. you had to be 12 <laughs> i said i was 12 i was only 11 so I could get a job delivering newspapers so I could buy my first drum kit. Like, I've been literally grinding since 11 years old to do this music thing. And now I'm 43. And, you know, the thing is, for me, like, the biggest challenge is to just get up and do it again. Like, the persistence, the grit, the tenacity. And, you know, you finish a, a record, you finish this, you make that video, you get a, you know, you catch catch a wave sometimes by luck yeah but then you know then two years later you feel like okay now i'm starting over yeah and you know it's just that's been the biggest challenge for me to just keep trying and you know hopefully you know hopefully that'll pay off you know what they call an overnight success (laughs)
3: yeah
2: (laughs) yeah I i definitely agree with both 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 of you on that accord um I will say what you were saying, Sean. Again, about catching away, just pivoting on that. You know, I mean, not pivoting, but just continuing on that. Like, um, yeah, whatever you ha- because because we're in a day and age where if you're doing music, you have to do things with a certain amount of consistency. Okay, mm-hmm. especially when you're posting on social media platforms and all that, right? Because this is really what we're talking about. So the way the algorithms and things work, it requires a certain amount of consistency. That means a schedule, a, a weekly, monthly, whatever it's going right. to be. And right. to to do that, to do to maintain that, whatever pace that is, it takes motivation because you're doing it basically for free. Right. I mean, um, for all practical purposes, I mean, in, any if you're being paid to do it, that's different. But when you're doing something pretty much for love or mostly for the love, then you really have to like it. So mm-hmm. the problem with catching a wave or what we you know, we all try to do little things is you start to hate it real fast. You're like, damn, this oh. is shitty. You know, this sucks. Excuse my language. But um, somebody told me a long time ago, a long time ago, she was like, you know, you really only need 10,000 like fans, like whatever worldwide to really sustain you, you know. And that always stuck with me. And and it it made a lot of sense. And and there's a lot of truth to it. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is no matter what you do, whether it's crappy or whether you're just copying other people, it doesn't matter. There's actually an audience for almost everything. There's 8 Mm -hmm. billion people on the planet. And there's 300 million in the U.S., trust me, there's people sitting around, you know, there's 10,000 people for you. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, and I, and I
2: know that. that, I know that it doesn't, whether you're a great singer, bad singer, whatever, cause we've seen it all. We've seen success like with great musicians, Steely Dan to whoever you thought is not a great musician. So I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm trying, what I'm getting to is, is even though I haven't cracked the code myself, I, I think I'm in a direction, but um, I, I it's going to take, it's going to take consistency right and even if it's just doing what you love to do it doesn't have to be perfect vocals or anything just your thing your whatever yeah. your thing is the kung fu and the music or the the drums in the summit. It doesn't matter. There's a way to. Then the the next part is um getting that in front of enough eyeballs. Yeah. that's the trick. That and and that's really what it really that's what the record labels did. They had those big budgeting campaigns they could throw at something, or they could put you on tour with this audience and let you piggy bank off of them for a tour. Now you got four hundred thousand people that have seen you. They had all kinds of free ways they could do their artists. We're in a world now where it's much cheaper for us, but what I, what I'm finding out is I think it's still going to take that budget, and I think it's still going to take some. It's going to take some help. It's going to yeah. interacting with people, like being able to ask another record label, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like or can you check and take a look at this and what do you think? Because record labels did this all the time. They market it with each. They saw what somebody else is. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. went to conferences, you yeah. know. And oh yeah, but it's common denominator. You, it's going to have to be uh, put out there, market it you know
0: yeah you're right i i do believe that even within the competition collaboration should exceed it mm-hmm. right
1: and yeah so
0: it's a each one teach one kind of world
3: <laughs> in so much way or each one promote one <laughs> yeah and and it's like it's also it's um for me for example since like I'd say like kind of my city is kind of in on the, like we're late to the party on a, a lot of like new technology and like new stuff, like trendy stuff happening. And I would say there was kind of a competition of like, really trying to be that person that makes it out of that city that like that kind that kind of Drake is for Toronto or like other person is like but for Montreal. And I've come to realize, especially just traveling now, it's like what the city needs is not really someone that like really is about competition. It's just someone that helps, that like doesn't um like it doesn't whatever he does doesn't affect like his bottom line like he's just like literally simply to help because he understands that if one wins out in the city like everyone else is going to win so and i feel like that's what you're talking about when you are talking about collaboration yeah yeah
0: Yeah. rising tides raise all boats yeah so you know that's how i feel (laughs) talk to me fellas before i let you guys go uh you guys very technical savvy you got your music down but i'm clearly available to notice that you got a lot of like opportunities to use various tools apps to help you mix up your music help you market help you put out your stuff tell me what are some of the tools and apps that you're using and why you love them
2: i'm I'm gonna just come right i (laughs) let me keep it 100 i can't say i love any of them because they taking my time it's like a dating website it's like you know, yeah, it's something else you gotta learn how to do, you know. Um, I love the
0: voice that guess, you got uh, on that. There's so much depth to the intolerance that he possesses for using another app that he has to worry about to do one yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean That's it's true. like
2: it's like another, you know, the, the best thing I can say is a, adapt to it as quick as you can, you know, and get on it, you know. Ask some people. Try to get on as quick as you can. You know, maybe incorporate it and just add it in your pipeline. You can't.
3: But you can't add everything. That's you can't add
2: thing. every. Yeah, you're not yeah. on everything. I'm For not on sure every Snapchat. <laughs> I'm at Snapchat. I don't yeah, know yeah, what exactly. it even does.
0: But Exactly. I, Vine. I just, what happened
2: to Vine? Exactly. I don't know my where space. It is <laughs> MySpace? Let's go. My Yo, my space, if I had a guide on it when the girl told me to get on it, you know, twenty two years, that would have been different. But yes, yeah. it's, it's done coming, gone. So I feel like the best thing you can do again. You do have to embrace it. You can't just be like, oh, I'm not gonna mm. that's where that's where I feel like that budget comes into
0: play. So where did what have you embraced?
2: YouTube for sure. YouTube is your YouTube is the number one search for music in the world. So you can't avoid it. Okay. So YouTube and certainly Instagram and TikTok for dang sure. So I mean, you know, those are other than the ones that yeah, have died. I like, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like
3: those are the, the main ones. I feel those are the main ones because it's like visual media and it's like, it's really like in your face and like you can do like longer content media on YouTube. You can do medium stuff content on Instagram, short content on TikTok. And like, that's why, as far as social media, as far as DJ, for me, there's a lot of apps that I use. Um, yeah. There's an app that's called Mixed in Key. So I can like uh, get the key of tracks for like when i dj so like when i dj is like in key um there, there's so many like little gadgets here and there that i use like just just to see sometimes it's like i won't i won't even implement it into why i use but sometimes i'll just try to see hey is it nice like otherwise mm.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: you know what sean you know what drives me crazy i don't understand as great as spotify
0: is how come they don't just have a crossfader that's in there. Like you've got a playlist. And yeah. like, let me just put the playlist on and you crossfade it. And I can just be like within like two minutes and 30 seconds, change every dang song. Yeah. so It's are like you, a house party. <laughs> you said build you're, in you're,
2: it. You're you're not a musician, right? You're not an artist. You're not like
0: a musical. Artist. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I wish I'm, I could. Yeah. I'm a I'm a heck of a whistler though.
2: No, that's fine. Right. It's the first thing you said was as great as Spotify is, because from a <clears throat> consumer point, point of view, yeah. it's genius. And it, and I love it from a consumer. Correct, from an artist,
3: I'm looking from a consumer point, it yes. took all the Correct. money. Yeah, if, if, I'm, a DJ, yeah, if I'm a gone. DJ, yeah, money's gone. yeah, if I'm a DJ, that's not good. <laughs> money's gone. It is what
2: it is. But money, mm. I mean, but you know, that's technology. That's what it is. Yeah, not so complaining.
1: Speaking of uh, apps that we like to use and technology uh, and DJing here and consumer. <laughs> I just noticed a connection here. Sean, do you use uh, Beatport as a DJ to find tracks to play? Because I've recently have experimented with trying to get my music up on Beatport so DJs have access to it. And like uh, Elliot's saying here, there's so many of them, you feel like you're on a dating website. Like, is this Bumble? Is this Match? Is this eHarmony? I'm like, okay, here's Beatport. I just paid the money ninety but nine dollars for a year to have all my tracks available on Beatport. Am I? I mean, Sean, do you think I'm? Whoa!
3: So for me, so to be as a DJ, like the process I go through for finding music, it's like if I go on Beatport, like although I have music on Beatport, although you'll find music that you'll like never find anywhere else on Beatport. It's so you heard of it? That's
1: a good sign. Oh, of course, of course,
3: of <laughs> course. Like as a DJ, like as a DJ and dance music, like beatport is like it's like yeah, it's in there. It's like it's in the scene. Like all DJs know beatport. So the only thing for beatport is like it's so much stuff that mm, it's like I don't saturated. Know. Yeah, it's like I don't know, I don't know where to start. And like compared to like where I find my music it's uh is called it's a website I use. It's called Electro Buzz. And um, basically, it's a subscription service. But same thing as Beatport. They just receive music all the time. But the way it's set up, is like, they'll have, like, example new releases, but it's set up a certain way. And it's also... It's, it's categorized. Geared, yeah, it's categorized. And it's geared more to the DJ community, not the consumer trying to buy music. So since right, it's gotcha. since it's yeah, so since it's geared more to the DJ trying to find music, it's easier, I feel, to find music through that platform. So that's I think yeah. that's why yeah.
2: And that's what you want, right, Jason? That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make your music accessible to deep, to people that would want yeah. your loop samples, whatever.
1: Well, you know, I'm thinking a DJ here is my version of Autumn Leaves and they mm-hmm. want to beat key match it to like a james brown drum beat and drop some 808s on it or something like then people might you know discover my music through the dj bringing it to their fan base and be like oh what was that sample you used in that oh this artist at brun's beats from his cherry avenue record this tune called autumn leaves that they did in a latin style and then boom and then so that was like one of my creative attempts, marketing mm-hmm. attempts here to kind of go in through the side door, so to speak. Is maybe through the DJs can bring my music to people. I,
2: yeah. yeah, we could talk about I that. Like, that. I have an opinion on that because I use Splice to get samples and stuff. But I, I, by the time I chop it up and use it, you're not going to know what. Yeah, because most, I, not most. I like you know sometimes you're looking to do to to maneuver things to where it's not the same thing so you're just going there for like textures and things like that but i don't know about beatport per se i'm i'm surprised you pay 99 dollars. when i say i'm surprised i'm surprised they (laughs) charge i didn't i didn't know these companies charge the people that are submitting stuff because i'm like they need stuff up there so that that's news to me that actually the people that are supplying
0: wow so I think I think, I think I think it depends <laughs> yes. on the age. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends on the maturation of the company too, right? Originally, when they need content, it's for free. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when they mm-hmm. don't need content, because they are the marketplace, then it's a different mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right. Sean is yeah. a DJ, though. Are you
1: using Beatport more to like create songs or just to DJ tracks that are pretty much almost finished? So how
3: <clears throat> so how I'll use Beatport for me is. Um, if I can't find music I'm, on my original website, I'll buy music on B-Port because um, they literally have every track. It can be like from years ago, I'll find that track there. Um, if I'm trying to sell records, if I'm trying to like, uh, say, for example, to an executive or I'm trying to like promote myself, say I, I have, I've had like charting songs, I'll use Bport as a reference. So, but it's more so like I use it more as a consumer platform, not really as a DJing, like this is where I go get my music mainly, but uh, I'd still like, so your your, your genre is still dance music or when you give it to Beatport is like... how can i say is it is it is it like is it your genre or is it dance music <clears throat> already yeah
2: sorry. well
1: i'm just i'm sending beat port like complete songs you know hoping okay. djs will play it oh. in their set and if they want to mash, that up with a second record mm, okay. like beat match it like what a d- traditional dj does great i think splice is a separate thing it's from my understanding where mm-hmm. you're just trying to find sounds and loops mm-hmm. and one shots but uh, I don't want to get too technical here. <laughs> Keep it yeah. broader, but yeah, um, yeah. You're, you're good. You're good. You know, there's you so many going. apps out there and technology. <laughs> yeah. That was the original question. So I, you know,
0: and I, you, you know, you almost have to it's... like market it for Jason. I think yeah. you almost have to market it like on that same Instagram. Like I just uploaded it to so-and-so and hashtag DJs and tag yeah. them up. And right, let so them they know. know that they can go grab it. Right. Right. Oh, I put another <laughs> one up. If you did that on a weekly basis, they know that you're out there you're promoting yourself as well too
3: I mean if anything if anything you know me now like I'm a DJ I know I know a lot of DJs like (laughs) I'm in (laughs) I'm in that scene. so yeah I I I love you
2: I know you said you have a hard stop Kadam um can 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 we stay on this Zoom call? Are, are any of you guys available to jump on Google <laughs> Google Meet like right after this for just five minutes? Yeah. yeah. Fellas, yeah, I appreciate
0: you guys being here. I appreciate your voice. I appreciate you lending your space and time. Uh, it's not just about having a heart out, but at some moment in time, we got to make sure that we got to put a part two of this together, you know? <laughs> for
2: sure. Oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but with that being said, for Voyage Atlanta, I'm your host, Kevin Mulley. I am honored and privileged to have Jason, Sean, and Elliot here with me today and we are just scratching the surface so good lord waiting for this part two. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys soon. I hope you had a wonderful time. Yeah, thanks for having us.